Hello, everyone, and welcome to the We Watch 100 Isekai podcast. This is Thermite Kitty. That is Tequila Zaku. And I'm fucking pissed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are you pissed because you looked at your family tree and you realized that you are the eighth son? Are you kidding me? I will take your silence. All of my hate. I will take your silence <laughs> to mean that no, but rather you are mad because you realized you are Hachinante. Sore wa nan show. Ermite. Yes. What wretch just unleashed this hell upon us? This has been given to us by, of course, uh, the user-generated novel publishing website, it's Shosetsuka Ninaro. It is oh, a... who could have fucking guessed? Yeah, this is some not okay. Uh, it was acquired by Media Factory, who, you know, started to pull out the uh, light novels. You know how the pipeline goes. Web novel, light novel, manga, anime. It's the classic. Uh, right. The, the anime was adapted by uh, Shin A Animation, which is... A pretty old animation studio, actually. Like, they're from the 70s. Uh, they haven't done a lot of, like, uh, isekai or a lot of stuff we've really touched on. They do, like, they're mostly known for Crayon Shinchan. Like, Shinchan is the big one. But I guess it makes sense with Shin A animation. I can kind of tell it, though, in the way they draw the characters. Honestly, I have to say, mm -hmm. the foreground characters all look really nice in this. I really like the way it draws eyes and faces has, like, this subtle sort of sharp quality to it. Mm hmm <laughs> This, where it's, like, a lot of expression, even fairly, like, bland looks. Not for the background characters, they have very anime background character faces, but, like, our main character looks really sharp, even if his design's a bit boring. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the nice things I have to say about the show. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, uh, the other thing they're really known for is uh, Doraemon. I would say between Doraemon and Shinchan, they, off the top of my head, I'm not doing the math right now, they have put out 115 uh, t uh, movies <laughs> that are just adaptations of Crayon Shinchan and Doraemon. In addition to yeah. doing the TV shows, uh, they're very well known for like collabing with Cartoon Network on the Powerpuff Girls, a little series you may have heard Ugh. of. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very recently they got uh, a lot of buzz for Pui Pui Molkar. The anime that is a, a stop motion thing with like little moles that are driving around in cars, or slash they are cars. Um, isn't it about hamsters that are cars? Oh yeah, they are hamsters. Well, they are guinea pigs technically. A guinea pig cars. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're not in cars. They are cars. They are the cars. <laughs> this is very technical, Fermite. It's like saying banana is a banana instead of being in a banana. Well, I mean, we don't... The the banana opens up and banana is already inside. That is the same for all of the banana, so... I, I feel like there is a distinct difference. Oh, man. But from what I can tell, this show looks nice in most aspects. I think it its character designs are pretty okay, actually. I, I don't hate a lot of these... Slightly over-designed cloaks as much as usual. Mm -hmm. It's a nice-looking show for what it's worth. In yeah. the design aspect. The the two things I want to just say off the bat, because a lot of this is probably going to be negative. <laughs> I like the designs, and I was surprised by the OP. I, I won't say it's a baller OP, but it, it it goes harder and in a different way than I expected this OP to be. I ha I like the magic effects too. I think they they chose an interesting style of visual effects they don't usually use. They usually just go for classic magic circle kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I don't hate this episode for about a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is impressive that it still managed to piss me off that much, but... <laughs> Okay, well, let's start off with the 10 minutes that you liked and then move forward linearly. Wow, 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 now. Like is a strong word. <laughs> the 10 minutes that you adored, I should say. The adoration will continue until we start it. Mm, fine, let's just go, just go, just go. Okay. So, uh, a brown haired boy in noble clothes stands in a rocky area. You got another noble looking on. You've got some workers with big axes and stuff. There's a, there's a lot of tension. You're like, oh, what what's gonna happen? What what's happening? Is he gonna try and kill them? Knives from Trigun is here for some reason. <laughs> he draws together some uh, green magic in his hand, and then he does a big old magic blast, and he destroys a whole lot of rocks. And then we uh, step away for a second. We see that, okay, he wasn't trying to fight anyone. He was just blowing up some rocks because the, uh, the, all the workers around him are people who are doing land developments and they needed the rocks to be gone. <laughs> he is basically just, you know, uh, he describes it as being, you know, a white collar worker, but this is very blue collar. It's just, you know, instead of using a pickaxe to destroy all of these, he just did a big magic spell. Yeah, but it's more like delegating your work to magic. <laughs> hmm. Would you describe magic itself as being a blue-collar worker? Well, I feel like in a lot of senses, you can ascribe magic as a direct metaphor for money, privilege, and power in the real world if you want to. That's I... probably the most direct way to treat magic. I mean, mm -hmm. in one of the shows we discussed recently, uh, that is pretty much exactly what it is. Yeah, and I do think, like, through that lens, a lot of isekai make more sense legitimately as the, like, m you know, you might not want to have magic power just because you like making big, s glittery, sparkly effects come out of your hands, but you might want magic because you don't want to, you know, do this amount of labor, or you want to, you know, carry out this plan or to give people ice cream, but you don't know how to do that, so you use magic as a substitute for what you would realistically have to do, which is, you know, like, go out and gather resources and pay people to help you with this task. Yeah, that's yeah. precisely it. So? So, uh, he's asked to clear some more land, he does a big sigh, and he teleports home. I... Uh, I, I do not like this teleport effect. The teleport effect See, I is... I like it. I think like, it looks good. I, I think, like, I, I appreciate that it's not just a magic seal and it's not just a burst of rainbow lights, but the fact that it is both laid on top of each other feels a little weird to me. I don't know. I love rainbow gamer lights. Uh, I mean, I do love the rainbow, to be fair. Oh, yeah. So, he he walks into this house and four girls greet him as Count Vendelin. That's Vendelin with a W, if you're writing this yeah, out. Yeah, he goes to, like, a big villa. Mm -hmm. And his immediate harem is like, Oh, you seem more like a Roderick's servant than the other way around. Ha ha ha. He's like, These oh. guys are the most boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I... Have you noticed a single discernible personality trait in a single one of them? I cannot, like, at the very least, with most of these harems, I can point to them and say, like, okay, this is the, you know, spy girl, this is the big strong girl with a soft spot. I don't know what any of these girls are in the slightest. <laughs> Which is, in another series, that would be a good thing, but in something like this, it feels like a bad thing that I can't really narrow down what their deals are. 
Yeah, well, these clearly don't exist for any other reason than I want. For, I don't just want one girlfriend. I want ten girlfriends, and I want to eat steak for breakfast, not toast. The only thing I've really got is two of them are definitely underaged. <laughs> oh, well. You can't let go of that one. Anyway. Every goddamn week we are here with this shit. Every time we can't escape it. <sighs> we, are, we have a good time for like one goddamn week where we cover something nice and it just fucking comes back again. <laughs> so he says, as we said before, he, oh, I'm just a white collar worker at heart. The girls were like, what do you mean? What is, what is that? What is that idiom? And he immediately walks, stands up and leaves. He's like, oh, I can't believe it. I guess some things really stick with you. I mean, it's been 10 years since I've worked in an office. He says, making you go, what? But this is a fantasy world. How could he have been in an office for 10 years and he looks so young? What possible premise could explain this? I, it's I, I, absolutely <laughs> crazy. I have no idea what could be happening. So he walks through a door and then we cut to his former office worker self, you know, entering his house. It was a good transition. Yeah, I like the transition. I also like this whole sequence, actually, where he's laying down on his couch. He's super tired. But he's like, oh, no, I got to get up. And he like doesn't do the classic. I, you know, I'm just opening up a mar uh, dollar store bento or something like he does cook himself a midnight one soup, three dish dinner with miso fried pork ribs. And it takes him he about did that in the fucking 24 minutes till rice cook. Yeah, like, that's how long it's going to cut to take to just fucking cut the ingredients jesus christ to be fair like we do see him having like multiple like little square boxes in his fridge with like pre-made stuff in it so i think some of this was like pre like meal preps and he's just putting together some of it honestly why does he seem like a more interesting character as an office guy than like when he actually becomes <laughs> like god we'll get to it but this is definitely a big one for why is this even an isekai? Because the character mm -hmm. seems completely different before and after. And also, the character's character makes way more sense as a snooty kid of aristocrats yeah. than as a like 30-something office worker. And I really like the storytelling with him as an office worker, honestly. Like, he never says any of this, but if you look around his apartment, it's very clear that he lives alone, but he has really nice stuff. Like, he's got a really nice TV. His rice cooker's a fancy one that, like, tells you it's going to be 24 minutes before your rice is done. Like, he has, like, an anime generic hot person hairstyle. He makes himself a very organized and competent dinner. Like, this guy has his life together, you know? Like, in a yeah. boring way, but still. I'm genuinely so interested in the fact that he doesn't want to, but he does make himself a, like, again, that very nice, very well put together dinner. And he seems happy that he did it. But at the same time, it feels like there's this obligation. And like he has all, like, his fridge is very neat. It's got all the meal prepped stuff already put together. It, like, he feels like, you know, there's some dullness in his life. I could see why he would want to escape to another world. But at the same time, like, there, there's so much there that makes me interested in who he is. Well, you're not going to get any of that because you're going to get a character that seems completely contradictory to the well-organized, in-control-of-himself person that you see here. So, he he dozes off while looking at his, uh, his miso-fried pork ribs. 
He just you know, closes his eyes for a second, apparently, according to him. And then when his eyes open up, oh, everything looks different. And his, he's got tiny hands and he's at a fancy uh, like wedding eating a fancy meat dish. How could this have happened? His immediate first thought is, oh, everyone looks really foreign, but they're speaking Japanese. That's weird. <laughs> uh, and it's like, OK, I'm going to close my eyes, going to go back. This is a weird dream, but I got to eat my pork ribs. But his father in this world takes him by his hand to a crowd of adults and is like, all right, time for you to introduce himself. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, crap, I don't know who I am. How do I introduce myself? What's happening? I'm a tiny little child. All these people aren't like they don't look mean, but they do look intimidating. Like their eyes are all darkened out and like they have OK neutral expressions on their faces. But I can see from a kid's perspective how scary they would be. <laughs> so his 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 old his older brother Eric steps in and he charms the crowd and he's like, "Hey, thank you for coming to our wet, uh, you know, to the wedding of my eldest brother. Uh, this is my brother Wendland von Benno Baumeister." And it really feels like again, this character mm-hmm. immediately feels completely different. It really feels like, yeah, this is how a spoiled or rather rich kid would act, mm-hmm. or just a kid, I guess. Yeah, like. All the characters do give him a pass for not really understanding what's going on or, like, asking, like, where are we? Is this a wedding? Like, what are we? Are we nobles? And Yeah, because he's five. Yeah. That makes sense for a five-year-old. Like, I legitimately would not have, like, if you cut out the entire opening, I'd be fine with accepting that, yes, this is just a small kid who is conveniently, you know, he's conveniently not really understood what's going on, and now people have to expose it to him. There's no real reason why him being a you know a 30 year old office worker works here in any way. Nope. This really and kind it's of not even a neat office worker that would be reading shitty wish fulfillment manga on fucking what's his Narikomi or whatever. Uh, Shosetsuka no uh, Ninaro. Yeah, on Shosetsuka Ninaro, it's like a guy wears his life together and is perfectly doing perfectly fine getting isekai'd. Yeah, the only thing seems to be that you know he's super tired. Like, that's really it. Like, I assume that means that he's been pushing yeah. himself very hard. But there's not a big, like, yeah. wish fulfillment energy to him in any way. No. Well. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Eric then, like, goes over to Vel and says, like, okay, here's a cup of juice. You okay? I, th- that was probably pretty scary, bud. This is our brother Kurt's wedding. He's, you know, marrying that noble girl over there. And uh, Vel, our main character now, is like, oh. I guess we're probably pretty well off. Let, let me eat this meat. We that we have a super artsy, like stylized transition shot from night to day. Like, do, do you remember this? I don't quite, but like this has a lot of interesting transitions to give it some credit. It's doing something. Yeah. Like it took me so off guard because it is just like, you know, shots of the landscape with the like night sky rotating over it. Yeah, and before that we visibly see a shot of him going outside and going. Well, I guess I'm set for life if my parents are rich and I'm their third son. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that's where you get it sus, because then you remember what the title was and how awful the title is. And like, oh, yeah. I hope I don't need to explain to anyone that's listening to us why this title is the most awful thing I've ever heard <laughs> in, the, my, in the universe. The other thing that actually weirds me out about uh, this transition shot is that we could have gone, like, in the same way that we transitioned from the pork ribs to the fancy piece of meat, we could have just transitioned from the fancy piece of meat to the next shot, which is Vel looking at two pieces of hard bread and 
a soup that is not really soup. It is literally just water with like something floating in it. <laughs> so he looks around and he's like, huh, I didn't notice it when I came to the table, but my family is very poor and we are living in squalor. Huh. I'm just now noticing this one. Oh, man. And then he's like, what? This sucks. I <laughs> deserve a king's breakfast, you know. <laughs> Why aren't we rich? This and this fucking this is the most entitled little bitch. <laughs> like, look at this fucking little shithead going, Oh, this is great. I can mooch off of people. What? I can't. <laughs> this fucking sucks. What do you mean? <sighs> this little fucker, this little fucking like, oh God, like his, like, like fucking, like, uh-huh. Going from show looking at shows where at least people had some level of empathy from other people. Mm-hmm. No, this guy should fucking date Louise. They'd be good for each other. Because <laughs> they both have, like, no understanding or respect for the feelings or emotions of the poor or other people. Yeah, like, I mean, contrast that to, like, High School Prodigies, which we watched recently, where at the very least, the prodigies are, you know, super rich and well-off. But at the same time, they go to a poor village and they're like, you know what? We should probably be nice to these people. Like, we should probably pay them back because they did a nice thing for us. We should have some level of empathy. And Uruma was just a good boy that's, like, not even initiating anything that could be large enough to hurt someone. Yeah. And again, it feels very strange that our main character doesn't really... Like, even if he's feeling bad about it, I'm surprised he doesn't at least go like, hey, I wish I had my big, you know, widescreen TV or, you know, I'm missing all the cool stuff from my life. I, this sucks. Like, he does just act like he is a noble kid from this world yes. who is upset that his parents I, are poor. Yes. And from this point onwards, he never, ever mentions anything about office life ever again. The entire episode. <laughs> again, this mm-hmm. is the fucking problem when you can't decide what reincarnation is supposed to mean. Because guess what? In its original meaning, reincarnation isn't actually supposed to be body snatching. Uh, now, you can read the series as, you know, as equally. Maybe this kid was just having a dream where he was in another world and being a, a Japanese uh, businessman who was super tired and he made himself a nice meal and then he fell asleep. That is also equally possible. And that would make me like him a tiny bit more. Yes, like, because you can excuse more things when it's a child than when it's an adult. Yeah, so uh, Vel goes and meets up with Eric, who is, like, fishing for food so they can survive. And Eric's like, hey, I I don't know how you thought we were rich. Again, you are a little kid, but now we poor. We are unbelievably poor. Yes, we had to spend a lot of money because rich people need to pretend they're richer than they are so Mm -hmm. they could marry a nobleman. And mm-hmm. yeah, and like yeah, they, he described the scene because I'll see you too much. Yeah, <laughs> like they are nobles, but like they are very poor nobles. They have one piece of land, which is like this the surrounding area here, and it is very rural. There's not a lot going on, and it doesn't seem like they're you know like heavily taxing these people. Otherwise, they would probably have more money. Yeah. So this yeah. fucking kid's gonna grow up and be like, "What if we just do more taxes? Then we can be richer." Mm. I remember capitalism. <laughs> Yeah. God. What? What if? Don't worry, we can instate serve them for more money. What if we regress from feudal feudalism? God. Anyways, so he's like, oh, well, at the very least, we're nobles, but I'm gonna inherit some money. And then, as a comedy sketch, all of his other brothers start showing up one by one. 
And he goes, no, I'm farther down the line of succession. I'm like, that's such an actual fucking 19th century aristocrat thing to think all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Uh, so 12 minutes into the uh, episode is where we get the OP, which I, I do kind of like. I do like that it is like right in the middle. And we do get the big title drop of him going like, what? The eighth son? Are you kidding me? Roll title. This was really the point where, yeah, where I just fucking just... <laughs> I fucking hate this little bitch so much. I yeah. would punt that kid a fucking 10 feet wide. If I saw that child, I would kick him in the face with a steel boot. No regrets. <laughs> I I don't know how they got Demon Kaka and the lead singer from Ali Project on this one. But this is like a pretty big name collab for the uh, the song. And it is like, it's this very epic sounding, like, you know, big 2000s uh, fantasy epic uh, song. It's like it's got more metal to it. There's more shrieking than I would expect from a modern isekai. And yeah, the, like it. I think the reason why this feels to me like a song from a different time is that the, the the lyrics again, like a lot of isekai lyrics, very generic. But this is generic on the level of we don't think you have ever seen something with this premise. Like our main character is in another world. He is a wanderer of space and time. And you know what? I, I like that phrasing. That's cool phrasing. Yes, it definitely reminds me of El Hazard in that way, and no other ways. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Uh -huh. How could I fucking forget the opening? Uh -huh. I had a fucking stroke when I saw the CG <laughs> in the opening. Oh, uh, yeah. There is a big CG skeleton dragon that, like, rears its head and, like, shrieks at our main character. But then, like, when it gets into its, like, this is in the monster manual position, it clearly just becomes a transparent PNG and we zoom out from it. Dude, I mean, I fucking lost it. Oh, I just couldn't handle it. Also, the like knights in the opening. Yeah, they're like some sort of like orichalcum, like gem-like knights walking around that are also unbelievably bad models. Ah, oh, there's there's so much. There's so much we've here. We've seen a lot of bad effects work, and we've seen some bad CG, but this is bad anime CG. This oh. is fucking atrocious looking. This looks worse than most PS1 games. <laughs> And this does give me the feeling of, like, the, it's not that this looks bad because this is the only time we're going to see it. This gives me the feeling of, this looks bad because this is the only way they know how to do it. Like, we're going to see all of this in the show, and it's going to look exactly the same. Maybe a little and, worse, because this is, you know, this is the OP. They had a little time to polish this one up. Yeah, and it's not just that the effects work and models are bad. The <laughs> animate, the CG animation is the worst part. Like, you can tell how stiff and, like, janky it is. Yeah, like we've we've watched CG stuff off the podcast that we both like. Like we've I seen Land of Lustrous. CG and stuff like Knights and Magic was perfectly acceptable. That yeah. looked good enough. That hmm. was well animated, not stiff. It doesn't feel like your first ever project working in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> the others I was half expecting to fucking pee pose at me. <laughs> Uh, there's a big uh, attack where a main character and I guess the like cleric girl uh, are trying to turn undead and we just see the undead and then a uh, circle expand over the shots as it, ch it changes to white. There's, they cut a lot of corners on this one. The ending shot is just PNGs of the character sliding into frame. Yeah, well. I, but I, I do like the song. Going. I do like the song. That's very good for you, Fermite. 
it just it doesn't really fit with what it seems like the series is going to be. Like this feels like there's going to be a lot of uh like you know like noble politicking and you know some fight scenes and some like adventuring. But the song I feel itself like is noble politicking. There's a lot of high effort for this kind of series. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be like, hey, did you know about crop rotation? The oh, no. crop rotation. Oh no. Fermite, you love crop rotation. What are you talking about? Uh, I love the we only learned this in the 21st century crop rotation. <laughs> they definitely didn't know about crop rotation in the feudal era. Where, you know, the feudal people had to farm the crops without them dying. Uh. Okay, so we cut back from the OP. Vel is learning about his country, Helmut, from a map. We get a bunch of names. I'm not going to talk about them. No one cares. No, no one cares. Uh, the important thing to learn from this map is that you got like the big capital city. Then you go south. You got a smaller city that's in development. You go even further south past the mountains that no one can get past. You go even further south to a rural nightdom that uh, our main characters live in. Like, they are super, you know, in a super rural area. It's super rundown. No one comes here. Doesn't matter. And his older brothers are all leaving home. His older brothers seem cool enough. Like, uh, the family has this understanding that they cannot split up their lands. Like, their land is very, like, you can't get a lot of money from it. It is best if you keep it all in one chunk. And so they've all decided that uh, their oldest brother, the one who was, you know, whose wedding they went to, is going to keep all of the lands. There's the second eldest brother is going to marry a noble, and so if the first eldest brother, you know, dies, unfortunately, he'll inherit that lands. So, like, they, the family still wants to have the lands, but all the other brothers are going to give up their rights to the lands in exchange for some of the family's, like, you know, remaining money so they can go out and make and, a life of their own. And he's all like, Oh, what? You're gonna give up your aristocracy? Why? This is stupid. Yeah, that's also it. Like, they're not just giving up their right to the land. They're completely giving up any like claim they have to a title. Like they're just normal people who have some money now. And it does seem like, you know, it's going to be a long trek to the capital. And the, his brothers seem to want to go to the capital just to, like be knights or something like they don't have super high aspirations. Yeah. It's, it's not like the this is the kind of money that will let them like buy a giant company or like be big successes. They are just kind of becoming normal people. Yeah. And they're just, you know, they're just nice people doing the best for their family. And he's like. Fuck that shit. Why can't you also want to be lazy assholes sitting on your ass mm-hmm. getting taxes? And his family is understanding of him because, again, he is a tiny little child. Yeah, like children, for children, it's normal to be complete. Like, children don't even have the ability to develop things like empathy at age five. Yeah, like they're still working on a lot of things. Yeah, so it makes sense for him to have this opinion. As a real five-year-old. Mm-hmm. It feels... A lot of why I don't like this episode is based around the fact that he is 30 years old. Yes. And maybe I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt. The light novel goes more into just the, like, oh, it's actually the child, but with just some of the memories. But the central personality is supposed to be the child. But I'm just gonna say that hasn't been how any of the other... Like fucking Isekai with Watch have worked, so maybe I'm just being rude in that way. Yeah, I don't also, know. like, there is it, one. It, it, like, it is that feeling of like sudden awareness that makes me think it's not that we just suddenly snaps awake mm-hmm. at some point in another mm-hmm. world, right? Yeah. It's not like 
that guy died, and then, like, it's really, like, you suddenly, in your middle of your daily life, got brought over. Yeah. Like, if you want to read his, like, falling asleep as him having a heart attack or him, like, passing out from some anime disease, it's it's possible. You could give it that. Yeah. Also, in another note of one of these characters looking absolutely like another character, one of these just grow- looks up like a grown-up Uso from Victory Gundam. Ah. You know, the one with, like, the potted hair. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see it. Not as much as that other guy looked like knives, though. <laughs> ah, so, uh, Avel is, like, searching in the family library, and he finds a crystal ball, which ma- uh, measures your aptitude for magic. <laughs> it's not like we have seen that one before. It's honestly much weirder that his family has this thing. It's magic ball that meshes magic aptitude, Chan. Mm-hmm. Our favorite. Oh man, has anyone got... You know there's that one Twitter artist that always draws the wacky, like, anime concept? I wonder yeah. if we could scratch enough together to commission him to draw magic ball that tests your magic aptitude, Chan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, please touch me, you have so much aptitude. Yeah, like, oh, touch my titties, my eyes will glow in the color of the aptitude <laughs> you have. Oh, so much! Oh, I know you're Nen type now. Fuck, man. It's uh, every time with this shit. And what fucks me up is, the Nen type was supposed to be, this is what you can train in. Which makes sense as a thing you need to predict, so it makes sense what our characters will be working towards. Mm-hmm. This is just the stuff you're already good at. It's just a, oh yes, you're good at this button. It's completely unnecessary to the plot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also, uh, <sighs> you know, scraping the barrel for details I like, I do appreciate that, I mean, this does fold back on this in that, like, we this has to be the 30-year-old man because he can read. And we do learn that uh, Vel's family, or, like, specifically uh, Vel's father can't read. Like, even though he is a noble, he never learned. And Yeah, that was a good gag. Yeah, all the books that they have are just, like, random pointless books that they have. I Presumably just so that, as nobles, they can say, we have a library. Yeah, or it's inherited books from when they were rich. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. mention this, but the, the surname Baumeister is German and basically means, like, construction worker, or rather, oh. not construction worker, but, like, it's what Bob the Builder translates to in German. Okay, Bob the Builder in German is Bob der Baumeister. Hmm. That actually does fit very nicely with the uh, cold open. Yes. Huh. And uh, I would guess then they that they were a family of actually like you know involved in stuff like construction, which makes sense as to their lower noble status somewhat. Maybe yeah. it's just random. Maybe it's just a funny sounding word he picked up. Maybe, but uh, like I also think that it, it makes sense that then they would own all this land and they wouldn't like tax it super heavily. If unlike you know most uh, our world nobles who suck and are just parasites, if you know in the past they were the ones who helped develop all this land. And in exchange, or they're even like, like in yeah. fairly recent generations developed, and that's why they don't have money. That would also make sense. Like if they did all of that on the promise that this land would be good for growing stuff, and it turns out that's very average or very not good, or you know, even the mountains. Yeah. Like the fact that they didn't realize that they would have to travel, you know, take all this stuff through the mountains or to get to the capital. And at that point, it would, you know, you'd need severe, you know, you need to sell it at super high costs in order to make any profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this this is what makes sense. Is the thing they like, get scammed into buying bad land. And now they have to deal with it, but they don't want to like m- let the people they'd be disappointed, or they want to like 
develop land that's hard to live on so more people can live there. Like, it seems his family yeah. is of good intentions, at very least. This might be the first time in our podcast where there, there have been nobles in another world that I have liked in some way at all. And it's not a main character, because he's a fucking shithead. He's the definition of everything you hate about nobles in a real and fictional sense. Oh, yeah. Again, uh, good couple with Louise. They should get together. They could be <laughs> awful together. He, the main character is the only member of his, of his family that I don't like. I'm happy to neutral for all of uh, all of the rest. Like they seem like they have yeah. their stuff together. Yeah. Anyway, we went on a, on a tangent about this for a long time. Let's keep going for a while now. Yeah. So uh, Vel touches the crystal ball. It shines with rainbow lights, and he's like, "Oh, that means I have a lot of magic potential." Meanwhile, elf person in the woods notices this. So. Well, we don't know whether they're an elf or not. We just know they're magic. Yeah, magic person notices this. Magic man! <laughs> uh, so, unrelatedly, uh, Vel's father tells him, hey, go into the woods, go get some firewood. And he's, you know, walking through the woods. He's picked up a stick. He's trying to use don't the stick to cast magic. Don't tell that to a five-year-old! <laughs> I mean, all of the older brothers just went off to make their lives, so I guess he's the only kid who can do this. Go you self asshole <laughs> i mean he deserves it but you know yeah. like, the normal five-year-old wouldn't yeah agreed <laughs> so he's trying to cast some magic then magic man shows up he's like i've sensed your wavelength child he grabs uh you know grabs the stick from uh little vel's hand tosses it it uh, hits a boulder the boulder rolls down a hill smashes into a wild boar the wild boar tries to kill them <laughs> I genuinely real... don't know whether the magician is just incompetent and that's why that happened, or if this was a big brain, I need you to fight this boar, and so I'm going to set, you know, let loose this chain of events because I'm so big brains. It's a very butterfly effect Rube Goldberg machine kind of <laughs> sequence. Mm -hmm. So he's like, alright, tiny little child, here's how you use wind magic, and Vel's like, what? I don't understand what's happening, but I guess I'll use wind magic. <laughs> And he, he staggers the boar with the wind magic, and the magician's like, all right, good, you did enough. And then he sl he slaps the boar with wind magic so hard it smashes through a bunch of wood and dies? Well, it's still making sound afterwards, so I guess it didn't die. But this is this is definitely animal abuse. <sighs> the I, I, I like this part, though. The animation of the boar getting sent flying is hilarious, because it's just like, hmm. stands there, it's just like fucking, it's just like so <laughs> static. It doesn't wave its legs, just fucking flies sideways. Oh, the, the motion blur is doing a lot of work in that shot. And then they do animate it once it hits the final tree. Yeah. So Magic Man's like, I am a former court magician of the Dukedom of Bleichroder. Uh, do you know what Bleichroder means? Is that German? Hold on, let me look at the, how that's spelled again. Can you send it to me? Uh, yeah, no problem. I didn't think until right now, but yes, a lot of this does seem to be German, or at the very least, Germanic. The first part of that means uh, bleached, hmm. or like, pale. Okay. The second part of that doesn't mean anything as far as I know. Hmm. Well, he's got very pale skin and blonde hair, so maybe it is the, like, there, there might be something there. I I'm guessing that the light novel uh -huh. uh, person had a German to Japanese dictionary and abused it very heavily. Yeah, considering uh, that it's the same outfit that boy wears in the future, this guy might die. Yeah, either he dies or he just stays with him as his uh, magic man for a while, and then eventually he's like, I don't need a magic man anymore, I am the magic man. 
And of course, we end the episode with Magic Man saying, don't worry, your magic is much stronger than mine. Yeah. Whoa. Just in case Whoa. the audience was wondering, like, I, I I like this main character, but is he powerful? I can't root for a main character who isn't very Goku strong. Can he beat Goku? We know his magic level is very high. Thermite. The CD is very bad. This I'm not going to describe over. it. Yeah, I'll, I'll spare you. The episode is over. We're done. Number. Okay, let us quantify our feelings through the spicy, nicey, isekaisi rating system. Tequila Zaku, my friend, how spicy was the eighth son? Are you kidding me? Or. <laughs> oh, there's no life left in you. I'm so done. <laughs> Uh, this is the most Zaku you have sounded ever, and I mean that as in the mass production war machine. <laughs> you have the sound of someone who just wants to go fight a Gundam and get destroyed in the background. <laughs> I don't blame you. Number say. Uh, uh, do I? Can I say four? I'm gonna say four. It's. I, I like the nobility stuff. Weirdly enough, I don't think the series is gonna focus on it too much but like I, I liked his family it was different i like him I before he got family's gonna show up though considering that they weren't around it was only his harem of the most bland characters in the universe yeah the two things i really liked were his family and his existence pre being isekai'd and it doesn't seem like we're gonna touch on either of those the magic man's kind of hot but only in the way that he's a total ripoff of alicard's look yeah. Like, uh, Castlevania Alucard. Mm-hmm. Uh, nicey number. Two. Uh. Fuck this, kid. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. In addition to what I said before, I also like the OP, so three. Damn. Isekaisi number? You're... I can't believe you think this is on the level of the fucking, uh, high school prodigies, whatever. Isekaisi number. Mm -hmm. Fucking. I don't fucking know, man. Like a nine. Who cares? I want to leave. <laughs> I want to go home. I want to water my cacti. Why am I still here? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I feel like I got to give this a low one because, again, I don't know if this is an isekai or if this was just a bratty, rich little noble kid who briefly had a weird dream where he was an offsworker. So I'm giving it a, a four. Damn. Yeah. Thermite, yeah. I'm gonna ask you a question that you're going to fucking dread. Oh. What are we doing next week? Okay, so... Um, what are we doing next week? Let me look. I was expecting this to be... better? I was expecting this to be less extremely soulless, but, oh boy. I mean, I, I kind of want to do a good one, but at the same time, we only have so many good ones. We can only do so much. Uh, you did the recap for this one, so yes. I guess it's my turn to pick. It's your pick. Whatever your heart desires. Let's do Sengoku Nightblood from 2017. Okay, hmm. That's a... I know nothing about it. It sounds like a title that means something. Yeah. I it sounds like it might be bad, but it's not <laughs> guaranteed. I there's at least a thirty percent chance of us meeting Oda Nobunaga again. I would wager at least a forty-five. Mm, 
you know what? I regret that. It's probably closer to 80%. But all right, we will do Sengoku Nightblood next time. And we will see you, dear listeners, in another world. (laughs) 